0: Listening to the premier home brewing podcast serving Toronto, the GTA, and the rest of southern Ontario. Recorded from our studio in North York, Toronto, and brought to you via the internet. Featuring interviews with prominent homebrewers and craft
1: brewers. From across our great province.
0: This is Brew Talk Online. With your host, Zach Weinberg. It's so yellow and fizzy and tasteless. I love it. Kevin Freer, God Stout, all over the brand new. Like, what's the mixer? Uh, I'm actually surprised that I actually still remember how to run all this stuff. But uh, it's been a while, Zach. Thanks for uh, getting together, and we're going to record this little update episode.
1: Excellent, Kevin. Good to be here again. <laughs> back, um, back in our back in action
0: in our wonderful studios. It smells great in here right now.
1: Yes, yes. You may notice a uh, beer smell, if that's what you (laughs) want to call it. Maybe a fermentation explosion smell. Without Um, going into
0: too many details, I'm sure most of our listeners can sympathize with that.
1: Yeah, we're basically sitting in the a fermentation room, and a beer that we were brewing with Brett uh, happened to explode um, literally all over the room. I've never seen an explosion like this. This, this was a
0: cask, right? Not a carboy? Uh,
1: yes, it was a cask, actually. So, you know, carbonation is a little tricky yeah. in there. But uh, yeah, there was an explosion literally, uh, it looks like six feet high on all four walls <laughs> in this room. He's not even joking. It's at least shoulder height. With um, a bunghole hole, you know, uh, in the ceiling about 10 feet high. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I wish I could have seen that. Yeah, it looks like a scene from Dexter. I'm sure if yeah. you took like a blue light <laughs> or something, it'd be crazy.
0: So if it wasn't aware, you're listening to Brew Talk Online.
1: Um, welcome to Brew welcome. Talk Online.
0: Check us out on iTunes and Stitcher and rate us because I think that. Makes it better somehow. I'm not still sure how that all works, but um, you can check out com. You can check out our SoundCloud page, subscribe, do all that fun stuff that really helps us out. Um, as always, we're brought to you by TorontoBrewing.ca, which is our show sponsor. Um, and actually, that's one of the things we're going to talk about today is what's been kept me and Zach so busy over the last three months. It was three months. Really? Do you remember the last show we did was the escarpment guys, the escarpment yeah. labs guys, and, uh, it was so hot in here, and you had that fan going, and it was driving <laughs> me nuts, cause you could hear it every time it swiped across the mic, but it was like five dudes in the end of August in a boiling hot room. Yeah. Yeah, three months. So, we apologize for that, but we will get into what's been keeping us so busy. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, well, I mean, let's jump right in. The first thing, was cast Days Happens. And um, to the people, we do have some international listeners, so if they're not aware of what cast Days is, it's the biggest cask festival in North America. They had, what, like 400 casks this year of unique beers? Or it's like 350 or something? Yeah. yeah it's put on by uh, the guys who own Bar Volo, the Maranas, and it's insane. Uh, I, I mean, I remember yeah. going back when it was at Volo years and years ago, and it just kept getting bigger, right?
1: Yeah, I remember uh, going to the Hard House one. Yeah, and now it's at Brickworks, and uh, phenomenal festival. You know, you, there are so many one offs, which which I really like. Yeah, and they usually
0: feature uh, a, a region. So this year it was Washington State, if I'm correct. correct, and last year it was California. Yeah. So to a bunch of guys in Ontario to get beers that have never been in Ontario before from you know all these California breweries we only hear about. That's pretty yeah. cool.
1: Pretty cool, and one of the coolest parts about the festival was the homebrewing section this year.
0: Oh, look at that segue! Yeah. Now, who, who who would you think curated this homebrewing <laughs> section?
1: So, um, I actually had a chance to meet with the Maranas, and uh, we spoke about doing, you know, a uh, homebrew section featuring different homebrewers and the, uh, you know, uh, different techniques. Uh, you know, brew some special beers with some some sort of homebrew meeting. Yes, please crack yeah, that weird. beer. Um, and we had 10 different beers, um, some split batch experiments, some using, uh, Skartman Labs, uh, yeast, some Ontario hops and, uh, overall it was well received.
0: How did you go about, did you just like, I know it was pretty short notice cause you came up to me and we like, we got to make some beer. <laughs> um, but you just kind of called up, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of names around the homebrewing scene, like it was Jeff Trail and Eric Cosino and, you know, these guys who were kind of out there.
1: Yeah. People were asking me, um, how, you know, they could get involved. Um, this year was mostly nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and really just short notice, um, made contacting just people I knew who could kick out, you know, 10 to 40 gallons yeah. in some cases, um, j- just really quickly. But next year, I think we'll, um, have more of a lead up to it, maybe a homebrew competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully have, uh, maybe 20 entries. Oh, nice. Well, you know, that would be ideal. Um, if we could really double the size of that section, I think there is a huge, um, the, the, there was a great reception yep. for it overall.
0: I was uh, I was getting some texts from people like I was working all weekend, so I couldn't go. But uh, people would text me and, like it would just be a picture of my name on the cask at Cast Days yes. or whatever. It was pretty cool. The
1: Kevin Freer beer,
0: yeah. The, well, we had we had three right, yep. Um And it was a split batch of work. They're all called pound, Poundability one, two, and three.
1: Yeah. Um, so we finally yep. brewed Poundability one. Let's cheers to that, cheers. Kevin.
0: And so the
1: um What are we drinking right now? Oh, this firstly? is the
0: this is a Hoppy Wheat beer. We'll get into the specifics of this, but it's something I made. But we'll we'll get into the specifics on that in a little bit.
1: Spirit. Thank you.
0: Um so Poundability 1, 2, and 3 was a split batch of wort um with three different kinds of yeasts. Pretty typical experiment. We just happen to have access to a lot of wort. So we did four three casks, sorry. And You're going to have to help me out on the yeast because I don't remember exactly which ones it was. It was Cali, Vermont, and...
1: Uh, Funktown Pale. Funktown Pale. By uh, the Yeast Bay. The Yeast Bay. So I guess this would be the first Mm -hmm. of hopefully many experiments doing uh, split-batch yeast Mm -hmm. um, in an effort to see how, you know, different yeast can uh, provide different, you know, not only attenuation, but aroma, Mm -hmm. flavor, even color. Mm Mm-hmm. Um So it was pretty cool to, you know, use two yeasts that were quite similar mm-hmm. and or Vermont and Cali and then one funk down Pale. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think it's oh. cool because like a lot of the people who go to Cast Days aren't like they're beer geeks, but they're not necessarily people who brew like to a lot of our audience that will be listening to this. A split yeast experiment is kind of like, OK, cool. Yeah, whatever. But yeah. a lot of people like a lot of the beer drinking public doesn't really understand the impact that yeast does have on a beer.
1: Yeah. So it was pretty cool, even just to educate people on the fact that yeast makes beer. Um, <laughs> and this is the same beer, but fermented with different yeast and just talk about fermentation mm-hmm. and just really get people to, uh, you know, dip their feet in the water of fermentation and beer brewing. And that, that was really the spirit of the whole booth was to add that element of brewing and uh, creativity to the Cask Festival. Right. you
0: had a, you actually had a booth there with like ingredients, raw ingredients out that people could touch and smell and
1: Yeah, exactly. We had um, you know, just a big bag of Sriracha, sleeve hops so people could do a little hop rub, brought some uh different smoke malts, different uh brought some Kara aroma. Yeah. I love that malt. Oh, I, yeah. I think it's great to snack on and just yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a great malt. And uh yeah, it was great for next year, hopefully we can really take it to the next level. So stay tuned for more details on yeah. that one.
0: That's great. It's uh, it's I think it's also a learning experience for uh, home brewers who have never casked a beer before. Um, you know, we were all messaging yeah. each other back and forth, and you know, I've done hundreds and hundreds of casks over the years. Um, they're like, how do you how do you prime them? Like, how much you put in? Like, you uh, know, it's it's just so alien compared to a keg. For sure. You know, like, wait, you just you just hammer this thing in and then ship it out. Yeah, that's pretty much what you do. It's uh, it's old yeah. school.
1: Yeah. Um, how do you like cask ale? Compared to regular ale. I know it's like a contentious issue yeah. on beer drinkers. Um,
0: I'm of the, I guess, maybe the the opinion that not every beer is better in a cask, which right. I, I think most people would agree with.
1: Right. Um, Certain styles. Yeah. Uh, benefit. More I've done it.
0: it. Like, everyone's thrown like a Saison in a cask, but I think they, they do a little better with some higher carbonation. For sure. Um, but it's, I mean, it's cool. Uh, a cask, too, is a great size. A firkin is 40.9 liters. So slightly over 10 gallons, right? And that's, yep. that's pretty achievable on most homebrew setups. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for a shelf life of two days, you gotta be pretty sure you're gonna open that and then drink it all. Gotta drink it.
1: Which, I mean, come on. You can do that. <laughs> 40 liters in two days? Yeah. Invite maybe like one or two friends over. Yeah, yeah. Just, just one or two. Have them watch you drink it. Yeah.
0: Um, it's, uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, once you open a cask, if anyone hasn't seen them, they've got a they've got a bung that you hammer a little piece of wood in called a spile, soft spile and hard spile. If I'm getting these right, I don't usually open them. I usually just close them and ship them out. But <laughs> uh, and then you hammer in a spigot of sorts and lay the cask on its side and start drinking some beer. And then air comes in through the top to displace what you've taken out. So they really do have quite a short shelf life on these things. Um, there are devices called cask breathers that'll float a little bit of CO2 and maybe you get a couple more days on that, but traditionally most people just open them up and let it rip, right?
1: Yep, yeah. Uh, very cool style. You know, a lot of the, I really like trying a lot of the, um, I think English ales, porters, stouts, right fruit beers those are really nice on cask Mm -hmm. Um, as you said you know some of the Belgian styles that traditionally have the higher carbonation yeah um, are just different Mm -hmm. yeah and
0: then um, I guess a lot there was still some English beers like from England sent over this year right oh yeah
1: there's a UK section yeah Um, always great to try some uh, authentic stuff yeah
0: yeah it's kind of crazy to think that they're There's a lot of breweries in England making North American-style beers, like a super hoppy IPA or something, and then we have this festival that's like 400 casts, you know? (laughs) Exactly. But
1: that's cool. So, next year, bigger and better, right? Yeah, that's the plan. So, um, stay tuned to social media. I'm sure we'll have a follow-up podcast in the months leading up to the event. I'm sure we'd want to get, you know, a, a good, a really good head start for next year. Even let's start thinking about it now because, you know, some... Brett beers or fruit beers um, can really take a while, and you might want to do a couple iterations before we really put in cask and display it for people. We were on such short notice. Yeah. We didn't really know what poundability would taste like.
0: No, I think I racked it two days before. Yeah. To, like, it was tight, you know? I, I even drove up here to get casks and then bring them back cause yeah. it was so tight. But, yeah, no, that sounds great.
1: It, um, yeah, overall, I thought it was – um people will ask us how how was poundability i think overall um we did it just um in a short time frame and it was more just in the spirit of the split batch experiment um but in the future i think we'd really like to nail down you know certain grain bills and certain yeast yeah um and things like that so this should be continued this is this is thinking way ahead but
0: can you imagine like two three years now we come up with a recipe that we really love for Poundability, yeah. and we get someone to brew it. And then we have an official BrewTO Poundability beer out there on the market.
1: Wow. Like we contract <laughs> brew Poundability. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do it. Yeah. You got an extra couple grand, right? A couple, couple, many grand. Do not. No, no. To uh, invest in
0: Poundability Inc. So, <laughs> so what's, uh, that brings us into your other project
1: that's going on right now. The
0: um, the new Toronto Brewing location.
1: It actually costs $1 billion. Oh, yeah? Yes. Did you get that from Ballast Point? Yeah, I was going to buy Ballast Point, but then I just thought I'd open up a new the, Yeah, they beat you to the Humber punch, Shop. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a new Toronto Brewing coming out. A uh, new location for Toronto Brewing coming out downtown. It's the old Noble Hop location. Um, uh, 1567 Dundas West. Um, that's so kind of right in the heart of that West
0: End. Tons of breweries around there.
1: Definitely, definitely yeah. lots of great new breweries coming out there. And, um, yeah, we should be open in December, um, in time for the holiday season. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Brews. It's a lot
0: easier to get to that location if you live, you know, in the city. People in Toronto will always say the city like ends up like Bloor, you know, depending on what neighborhood you live <laughs> in. Um, but we are, here at Toronto Brewing on Cheswood Drive, we're real north.
1: We are real north. Yeah, <laughs> real we're real by north. Downsea Park. Yeah. yeah, so
0: it's a little ways out. I mean, it's great for me because I don't live in town, so I can just zip yeah. across the 401, but I think having a location that's a little more walkable or TTC, for sure. that's got to be awesome.
1: Really excited to have that downtown location, and this uh, store up here will still remain as the uh, mothership to the downtown location. Okay,
0: cool. So it's, is it a little smaller then? It's a lot smaller. Yeah.
1: Um, it's probably just a few hundred square feet. Okay. Um, we've torn down a wall that was there before to open it up a little bit. And, um, yeah, we'll have a big hop fridge, big yeast fridge. Um, hopefully we'll try and fit all of the grain that we have here down there. Mm-hmm. So still have all the selection and bring that downtown. And hopefully do, you know, a lot more, uh, you know, homebrew-themed uh, events. No, it would be really cool to do some off-flavor tasting events, more bottle swaps, homebrew meetings, uh, just things like that. Really, really anything. If anyone out there, if any of our listeners have any ideas or thoughts, uh, my homebrew shop is your homebrew shop. Nice. So let's let's do it. You know, if it's in the spirit of homebrewing and uh, knowledge sharing, let's do it.
0: Yeah, I think a club meeting is a great idea because people can, you know, they can come out and they can sample a couple beers and they can hop on the TTC or streetcar or whatever and just get back home safely um, yeah it's a nice easy spot to get to that's um, so you're gonna you said you're gonna have all the same stuff uh, if you haven't been to the store up here one of the more impressive parts is the hop fridge they're all kept cold you know probably from since you get them uh, same with all the yeasts and coolers and everything like that it's great uh, so having that and keeping the quality level high is gonna be super helpful do you, can people order online and then pick it up at the new store is that
1: Ooh, I don't Is know. Is that something? Okay. I don't think so. I'll let you have think that. So.
0: Think about it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think it'll just be more of like a pop-up shop, walk in, pick something up. Right. Yeah. It'd be great mm-hmm. on those emergency days if you forgot something. For sure. just need a pack of US 5 or something like yeah, that.
0: Okay. Exactly. Fly it over there with a drone or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're working with Amazon on uh, drone hop shipments. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that's going to be
1: real easy to do. Cool. Um, well, let's go to commercial break. Sure. And uh, then come back and talk about uh, your new gig. All right. We'll be back after these messages.
0: You're listening to Brew Talk Online. Hey, folks. Kevin here from Brew Talk Online. I wanted to take a quick second to tell you about our show's sponsor, torontobrewing.ca. For years now, Zach and the boys at torontobrewing.ca have been providing homebrewers across the province with fresh ingredients and equipment to make the best homebrew possible. I must say, when I first walked into the store, I was impressed with the large selection. From extract to all grain, these guys have it all. What's more is a large array of equipment for brewing that they carry, along with everything you need to keg your homebrew and dispense it from your very own kegerator. If you are just getting into home brewing, try out one of their pre-made ingredient kits. With many years of combined experience and knowledge, they'd be happy to answer any questions you have. Shop in person at the storefront at 3701 Chesswood Drive, right near Downsview Park, or shop online at torontobrewing.ca episode to let everyone know why we haven't been able to bring you any content
1: in three months. <laughs> what have you been up to, Kevin?
0: What I've been up to is is new and exciting and
1: are you employed, sir?
0: Uh, for another four days and then I'm taking a week off.
1: You don't go out looking for a job like that, do you?
0: No okay, so let's let's break it down.
1: So <laughs> yes, I am leaving Wellington Brewery
0: to go work with a new startup company called Forefathers Brewing Company um, as their head brewer. They wanted to call me the brewmaster. I said, nah, I just call it head brewer. I don't really like the term brewmaster a whole lot. Um, for a, a host of reasons we can get into at a later date, but uh, yeah, so I'm going to be their head brewer. I'm going to be in charge of designing the beers and designing the brewery. And, um, I guess we here, I'll just go back and explain a little bit of their history. And then that gives a little context into what I'm so they were all hockey buddies. There's obviously four partners. Yeah. Um, and their kids played hockey together. And so they all were hanging out and then they started home brewing. Yeah. And as it happens, you have a home brew and you drink a beer and you go
1: I'm starting a brewery. Yeah, I'm starting we're starting a brewery right now.
0: <laughs> and I guess after starting a brewery for two years, they were like, Man, if we're ever gonna get serious, we should hire someone. Yeah. So that's where I came in. Cool. Um, I'm kind of the the guy with the industry experience and they're the guys with the business experience.
1: They're the brains or the brawn.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All hundred and sixty pounds of brawn that I got. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's really new. There's not a lot of details yet. Um I just I'm starting with them full time in December. Okay. And we've done a couple pilot brews. So the the way it's gonna look is um as we build a brewery. We don't have a location yet. So as we're building this brewery we actually do have a licensed system in a barn in the in you know out in the boonies a literal barn a literal barn yeah like there's not livestock in there there's a brewery in you're there you're brewing farmhouse ale uh i guess technically anything i brew is farmhouse ale at that point right yeah uh so we did yeah there's a sabco in there there's like floor drains it's like the coolest homebrew setup you've ever seen everything you could possibly want right there nice um and I mean, like 40 liters, 50 liters in a Sabco, that's not a lot, but it's, you know, so we can just triple batch, quad batch in a day, bang it out. That at least gives us something. Quad batch. Quad batch. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's, that's what I'm used just to. Busting though, out right? the quad batch. That's what I'm used oh, well, to. Just is, quad is batch in a day. Multiple brewing in one day, right?
1: So what do you eventually, like, how big is the system going to be that you're looking to get?
0: Um, well,
1: in their words, they want to be relevant okay uh so while we
0: don't actually have a system supplier nailed down i would imagine in the 20 hectoliter range um 20 hex real rough math can put out a lot of beer it's pretty big you know in into the tens and twenties of thousands of hectoliters of beer if you're running it 24 7
1: how big were you brewing on uh a system at wellington
0: wellington's does 25 hex safely yeah yeah (laughs) we'll say safely uh so, yeah, I mean, it, part of Wellington was you'd, you'd triple brew into, into one tank.
1: Triple brew? Yeah. In one day?
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd take you about 10, well, 15 hours maybe. Wow. Um, so like one shift, you could potentially see three different coolouts, right? Wow. Um, so again, that's what I'm used to is just hustling, hustling yeah. that work, man. Make that work. So the Sabco that we've got is going to be our pilot system. Yeah. Um, we're thinking of organizing a sort of, Bottle club where people can, whatever, pay a monthly rate. We haven't really worked out the details, but do a bottle club, um, and then get them delivered, right? Get the beers delivered.
1: What type of beers are you going to brew?
0: I'm probably going to lean more towards the Belgian stuff because that's kind of what I'm into. Yeah. Um, and maybe some, some, I'm not just going to do like a straight up IPA. There's so many people making really good IPAs. Watch me in six months, regret saying that, but. <laughs> There's so many people making great IPAs that I would just rather let them do that while I do the stuff that I'm actually really interested in.
1: No Belgian IPAs. Probably not a
0: Belgian IPA, <laughs> but maybe,
1: maybe, you know,
0: it's, um, it's a small system, right? It's really yeah. agile. I can, I can make 40 liters of something and send it to an event.
1: Are I mean, Belgians your favorite style of beer?
0: Yeah, I'd say so. Um, in, yeah, the Belgian family of beers, I guess, the, uh, you know, your, your Abbey beers, your Pale Ales, your Saisons. That kind of stuff. I really like yeast-driven beers. Um, I think that's really interesting. How how like we said, how much it can change a beer. And then there's just something with, I don't know, Belgian candy sugar. It's tasty.
1: You should make a session quad in a in a can. So like a double. No. No. A four point five percent quad. <laughs> That'd be cool. a six pack of them.
0: That's a. That's what I want. It's a nice challenge.
1: It's never been done.
0: I'm open to it. Let's do some pilot batches. <laughs> with Brett. Of course. Everything Obviously. With Brett, yeah. Right? Come on. It's 2015. Everything has Brett.
1: Ooh, That's a good idea. Let's brew that. Yeah,
0: maybe. Maybe let's do that anyways. Uh Yeah, I mean.
1: Can I come brew at the farmhouse? Yes, yeah, sure. Of course. Let's do a live to air at the farmhouse during a As brew. As we're brewing. And yeah. all, all you
0: hear is the sound of the <laughs> uh, the ventilation hood going and...
1: Oh, man, for Christmas, should we have a channel online where people, instead of the fireplace, can see, like, a a boiling kettle? (laughs) (laughs) That's not a bad idea, man.
0: i totally put that on. And you get the flame, that blue glow underneath the burners. Yeah. Yeah, we should do that.
1: That is a great idea. And then
0: we'll sell ad space on the bottom. Done. Done. Millionaires.
1: Let's do it. <laughs> we we, uh, we can have a mash channel, a boil channel, um, fermentation channel.
0: Every couple of minutes, someone comes over wow. and stirs it,
1: and then people argue for 20 minutes about stirring your mash. I'm going to talk to Rogers after this. Yeah? Yeah. Get it set up. I'm calling Rogers right now. I
0: like that rotating chicken channel that Swish LA had for a little while. That was brilliant. That's pretty good. Yeah. I kind of just want Swish LA now. Mm. We digress. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's the gist of that, is that's what's been keeping me so busy, is is working with these guys it's really new we're still figuring out a lot of yeah. kinks but yeah they're very open to barrel-aged stuff sour stuff bread whatever right
1: are you gonna have any beers in toronto on tap in the new year when are we gonna see that we're
0: gonna try um yeah probably work some personal connections get some beer on it at, at some bars just i mean obviously it's so small scale that it's not gonna be a constant flow but yeah. it, i'd love to just come out and have a little party at at like lansdowne or whatever and talk to Jeremy and be like, hey, man, throw my stuff on for one night. Yeah. That would be cool, right?
1: For sure. Or even at the next uh, homebrew club meeting, GTA Brews meeting, we can definitely, uh, you know, have you buy in Toronto and bring all your beers. Sure. And let us drink them for you. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Drink
0: away all my profits.
1: Great taste testers, the homebrewers. That's true. They
0: are very yeah. critical.
1: Yeah, no, but uh, in all seriousness, you know, you're really going to get some honest feedback. And, um... You know, for anyone who doesn't uh, know about GTA brews, you can uh, check out the Facebook group um, or the blog, the Twitter, the Instagram. And uh, every month there are homebrew club meetings where you can bring your beer, no matter how good or bad you mm-hmm. think it is. People will give you honest feedback and uh, say, you know, did you use fermentation temperature control or what were the IBUs right. here. You can really get into the nitty gritty of, of the brewing. So Yeah, a group I of people cool. who
0: are just as nerdy about beer as you probably are.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: when is the next meeting?
1: Um, I'm not sure, but uh, I'm sure you could check Facebook.
0: I can. Yeah, I'll look it up right now. Um, they also just recently had a homebrew contest, right? The brew slam.
1: Yes, there was. Uh, yeah, we'll do a little recap now. So, um, there was a GTA brew slam. Uh, the homebrew uh, competition. I had the honor of uh, being one of the judges of the competition. Um, having judged just the past few years, I've noticed even over the past, uh, few years of homebrew competitions, there's been a, a huge surge in, um, not only entries, but quality. Um, none of the beers I had were really, well, not none of them, but, uh, you know, 80, 90 percent of them were, uh, quite, quite pleasant and drinkable, Uh, very few drain pours. Um, so, so that was really exciting. Um. Yeah, props to all the homebrewers who are submitting uh, good beers and uh, are dedicated to the craft. I'm looking at the Facebook page right
0: now, and there's actually quite a few events coming up. You guys have been busy. Um, So, we got you guys are doing an advent calendar, which by the time this is up, it'll be way too late to enter that. But uh, if you haven't ever done an advent calendar swap, they're a lot of fun. You get, excuse me, 20, 30 people together, usually either till Christmas or till New Year's. Everyone brews that amount of bottles and then you go around and you each grab one bottle from each person. So each day you get to drink a new beer and then usually you fall really behind and then end up being like really yeah. loaded on Christmas or something. Um, so they're a lot of fun. People usually get pretty creative with that and have nice packaging or like wax dip the bottles or whatever. But um the January meeting for GTA Brews is at Burdock. Um, Burdock's a new
1: brew pub. Awesome. Yeah, Zach would know where that is better than me blur and something that's my new hood yeah yeah nice um but uh burdock is amazing uh i had their pilsner at uh cask days it was one of the best beers that i had there is a really nice hoppy pilsner nice. um they're really great at the fundamentals siobhan is just a fantastic brewer yeah. and uh heard nothing but good things about their beer yeah well january 9th gta brews you can look them up on facebook
0: just look for gta brews it's kind of just it's not even GTA anymore. It's just Ontario. Everywhere brews. Everywhere brews. Uh, so check them out. You could check out their website, and then they have a winter warmer competition coming up. It says January twenty first. I'm not sure if that's the. the that's and, the deadline. That's the deadline for entry. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, just looking at your usual winter styles: box, browns, British beers, strong beers, stout supporters, whatever. Right.
1: Yep. So if you're looking for quality BJCP feedback. Enter your beer in this homebrew competition. Are you gonna be judging that one? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, maybe I should do that too. It's on a weekend now. I got weekends off, kinda.
1: Let's go live to air.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's judge
1: the beers live to air.
0: Hearing thirty people in a room all smell a glass. Yeah, (laughs) it's really good radio. Um, We also got what else was coming up? People's pint or that just happened?
1: Yeah, people's pint just happened. Uh, That was a great event. Uh, A bunch of homebrewers showcasing their different brews. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a chance to collaborate with the GTA Brews Homebrew Club for a brew. Um, we brewed Cookie Monster Stout, which was um, basically just uh, a mashup stout of some new malts we had. Um, Cara Brown.
0: Oh yeah, I've never heard of that one.
1: Yeah, really nice. Uh, we used that for a brew about a couple months ago when we got it in, um, and the mash just smelled like cookies. Nice. It was really nice. So, we used that. We used, uh, some Carapa 3 special. And we used some, uh, dark chocolate malt from Brees, And the combine, and some golden naked oats. Oh, yeah. From Simpsons. Nice. And,
0: Just all quality stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was all new stuff that we had never really used before. And the result was, uh, surprisingly, uh, mellow beer. Um, the roast character was, uh, subdued in a very good way like it was super mellow super easy going there was none of that uh astringency or um the acridness okay. that sometimes you get from roasted barley or black malt or chocolate or the combination sure. of those three yeah. so it's really cool it, you know it was more on the Schwarzbier side of the dark color and the aroma but not so much in the way of like an overpowering roast so yeah that sounds really good definitely uh Definitely some more experimentation in the way of those malts coming.
0: I'm, uh, I'm looking at the list of winners. I guess there was like a, a people's choice.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could vote. Yeah, so
0: the, uh, these events are, are basically a, a homebrew meeting with everyone puts their beer on tap. Like it's just like a big party. Basically. Right. Um, and there is a, a people's choice and you could vote. And some of these, I'm just going to read a couple of them because they sound really
1: interesting. The apple strudel one was. Yeah,
0: apple strudel. If my German's correct, uh, Imperial Spiced Amber and then Kiwi Berliner
1: Weiss. That was Jeff Trills. Oh, yeah? yeah? That sounds incredible. Like a Kiwi Berliner. Yeah, made a nice Berliner. I that believe. sounds so good. I believe he did, uh, he soured it with green. Okay. And um, he actually made some syrups. He had a raspberry syrup, kiwi syrup. Cool. It's very nice. Very, very nice. cool.
0: All about that presentation, right? Yeah. Uh, and that was at Lansdowne Brewery, who you could go back and listen to our first episode.
1: I believe so, oh, Jeremy. Oh, man.
0: We got to get him on again. Yeah. It's it's actually almost been an entire year of us doing this podcast.
1: Really, really great pub. Uh, check it out. Lots of great beers and um, a great host. Great food.
0: And an all-around handsome man.
1: Quite the beard. <laughs> who has the bigger beard, you or Jeremy? I think, I think Jeremy.
0: I think he might. His grew, his came in fast, but I, I trim you know, you I, I, I I manscape. <laughs> N- not right now. I'm due for a haircut. Anyways. Um, so lots of good stuff going on right now. Um, happy to have just been able to update everyone and get some stuff out there, hopefully into what month is it now? November. So in December we might do another one and get back on our monthly schedule.
1: I think we've got to go harder than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's just go hard. Let's commit. Yeah. Like I think every couple weeks we could pump one out.
0: Yeah. Get some, get some people in here and Um, So if you do actually have any suggestions for the show or feedback, you can email myself, I guess. I set up brewtalkonline at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what everyone thinks. Uh, Again, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Easy ways to reach us
1: yeah if you want to be a guest if you're brewing something cool uh if you want to show us uh, some new beers you're brewing brewing techniques yeah nominate uh,
0: somebody or if you've got an experiment yeah, going or something let's talk yeah it, it would be great we'd love to we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to try your beer and i mean with that said i think we've got everything pretty much covered and we'll hopefully see everyone before christmas
1: all right sounds good cheers cheers